hello hello everyone sorry for being a couple of minutes late we were waiting for shannon you know and she was uh... <laughs> come on <laughs> No, it was me. It was my fault. I'm sorry. Um, uh, welcome to Recruiter Screen. Uh, I think we're up to episode six now. So uh, I've been enjoying these a ton. I hope other folks have as well. Um, as a reminder, every week we're talking to a recruiter or recruiting leader or someone prominent in the recruiting space who's really at the top of their game. And we're just going to take a no-nonsense look at what makes recruiting for them so rewarding, but also so frustrating and and uh, and trying at times as well. So as a reminder, I'm Sile. I'm uh, the co-founder at MetaView. Delighted to have Shannon Ogborn on the show this week. Uh, Shannon, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, how are you doing? Good. I'm super, super excited to to be here. Always enjoy our conversations when we have the opportunity to chat. Nice, nice. Yeah, me too. I have to ask, is that a real background or a fake background? <laughs> me and Stephanie were just talking about this. It is, I hate to out myself, it is a backdrop. I use oh, it for our offer accepted wow. podcast. Um, looks professional, but it's very clearly, you know, not a virtual background. Yeah. Um, so people get confused, but um, yeah. it is, it oh. is, it is, <laughs> it is a backdrop. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice, Shannon. Do you want to just give a quick intro, and then we'll we'll jump mm. straight in? Yeah, for sure. So I come from a recruiting background. I started as a recruiting coordinator at the first couple of companies I worked at, and was doing a lot of ops. I was the first recruiting hire at Hired. Um, I went on to do talent advocacy, so more on the platform side, working with candidates. So I've seen dozens of, um, not even dozens, hundreds of interview processes, um, tons of offers, really helped coach candidates through getting an offer, getting interviews and things like that. Um, and then I was doing diversity staffing at Google for a bit. I am now at Ashby, where I am our community lead. I still dabble a little bit with our customers because I was in a customer facing role as a rec ops consultant when I first joined. Um, but now I have the great pleasure of working with um, talent teams to help them use our product better. But also my main priorities right now are to help uh, provide great value to the TA community. Nice, nice. And yeah, can't wait to jump into some questions. I think obviously uh, some really great uh, recruiting experience hands-on, but also a bunch of almost uh, cross-sectional view of the market in your role at Ashby. So yeah, obviously yeah. feel free to draw on those uh, those uh, fun and horror and light stories uh, as you see fit. Um, are you ready for your recruiter screen? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So first of all, what is it about recruiting that makes you want to throw your laptop out the window? Honestly, right now from like not where right I'm now. surely hopefully not right right now. Right I mean now. that like literally <laughs> um it, currently I think from my perspective because I'm not doing IC recruiting right now, the thing that's most frustrating to me is all of the bad advice that I'm seeing on LinkedIn for candidates. You know, being a candidate is really hard and it's hard enough as it is. But then I see, you know, all of this poor advice on LinkedIn about how people should be going about things, what to put and not do on their resume from people who, in my opinion, don't have the authority necessarily to advise on, on things like this. And so I'm getting really frustrated because I think it's actually really hindering candidates from for setting themselves up for success, which there's so many candidates on the market right now. I think I find that really um, 
I I see a lot of bad takes on LinkedIn and it it definitely yeah. tests me. <laughs> yeah, I th- I feel like recruiting and hiring in general is so bad for that just because one of the things that is almost like a it's a tough thing for the industry or the sort of the profession as a whole, which is because things are so hard to measure, success is so hard to measure. Of course, it's really hard to know like, hey, this is why I'm an expert here's, or here's, here's why I'm not an expert. We can't prove you're not an expert. Um, so yeah, you get a lot of people giving out advice in, in that sort of context. I think even for me, it's been a bit of a journey to sort of get to the point where I feel comfortable at least sharing my views on yeah. sort of the interviewing side of things, just because obviously I spent so so long now building for and talking to. For right. Time, but, uh, but yeah, I was definitely struck when I first entered the industry of, wow, people are really loosey-goosey with giving out advice, uh, even when it's not something they uh, they know. It's yeah. almost like just a test, right? They're just testing the messaging in some way. The rise of influencership on LinkedIn has posed a very interesting um issue because Mm. the bad advice can become so far reaching and like the ats like perpetuated myths on like set up your resume to basically bypass the ats and like in those sorts of things that's what i think really doesn't set candidates up for success which in turn doesn't set recruiting teams up for success yeah totally Okay, a little bit more sort of possible. Just when you think about working uh, with hiring managers, maybe, you know, maybe uh, with your work at Ashby, maybe before then, is there something that you sort of really get excited about, a trait within a hiring manager that you're like, okay, great, we're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to be super successful in this this collaboration to, to land this hire. I think when managers are able to understand where their high leverage areas and value are versus where the recruiting team's high leverage and value is, that's when you have the really the best collaboration because you recognize where you're at, where you are an asset to the process and where the recruiting team is the asset to the process. And that really helps develop a, a first of all, a positive relationship, but the ca- candidates can actually very much tell mm. when there is, when there is, I hate that I'm using the word synergy, synergy between hiring managers and recruiting. Yeah. It's clear when everyone's on the same page and that only benefits, you know, that benefits the candidate because they have like a nice streamlined process, but it also benefits the company because they're filling roles faster. Yeah. They're having faster time to hire. They're having a more positive candidate experience. So those are the types of outcomes that happen when people really understand what their role in it is and they do that role very well. Yeah. Yeah. Are there sort of like any sort of specific areas where I guess maybe this brings us to the next question. It's going to be, what's your least favorite trait? So maybe we can anchor off that and say, well, what are the times that you've worked with a hiring manager or seen a hiring manager where they sort of don't have this perspective and where are they sort of treading on toes in an unhelpful way? Where, where does that most commonly happen? Yeah, I in in terms of the least favorite trait, it's it definitely has to be when there's a lot of micromanagement between a hiring manager and the recruiting team. We're obviously we're here to collaborate. We're here to get the job done. Like we want that, right? Like this is our goal. We want to hire people, and um, we want to hire the right people. We want to hire the best match for the job. Um, but when someone and the thing that I think a lot of people talk about in the recruiting space is. I wouldn't go to an engineering manager and be like, you should really do it this way. Like, I have no authority to speak on that. I am not an engineer. That is not my area of expertise. And so when you're working with hiring managers, executives, directors who who don't let 
the specialists do their specialist job, that's incredibly frustrating and I think can be a really big hindrance to the success of of recruiting teams. Yeah, yeah. And just casting your mind back, are there like particular tasks or like sort of things you were trying to achieve as a recruiter where you felt people often micromanage and it's not helpful? Yeah, I think the screening process is definitely one of them or reaching outreaches. So, you know, recruiters spend a lot of time doing sourcing, sending outreaches and all for it to come to the hiring managers and be like, oh my gosh, this person is not what we're looking for at all. It's like, well, I haven't even talked to the person yet. So maybe if I could just talk to the person and and create a case for for why I reach out to this person, validate if I reached out to the right person, instead of saying automatically like no, I think that is a big yeah. time suck. Um, the back the back and forth. Um, so I think up to a point, you kind of have to let the recruiters do what they're intended to be there to do, and then yeah. you come in at the appropriate um times. You know, like the hiring manager screener the on-site, obviously extending offers and things like that. Like ultimately it's not a recruiter's choice in the end, but we are here to help get people into the pipeline, especially, you know, to create a representative pipeline demographically so that we can find the true best match for the role. Yeah. Yeah. So the advice to hiring managers, you gotta, you gotta let me cook. You gotta let me, uh, exactly. Let me cook. Yeah. Um, any sort of favorite funny or like horror <laughs> stories from interviews or just jet hiring processes that from your, your time as a recruiter? Yes, I, so I, as I said, I worked um, in recruiting at Google and a lot of people have the impression that, you know, obviously recruiting at Google is easy because it's Google. Like who wouldn't want to work for Google? Um, we had, such a big database that it really didn't make sense to source a lot of other places all the time, you know, checking the the internal database first, because there's like millions of people in there. So you're like, okay, I'm just going to focus on this. But the problem is that a lot of the emails are outdated. So you're sending people emails and emails and emails and emails. They're not responding because people change their emails. Sometimes it's university email. Sometimes it's a work email, which is always uncomfortable to, to send a message yeah. to. Um But I started cold calling, which is not something I love to do, but I just felt like, okay, I'm not the best sourcer. It's not the thing that I'm the best at when it comes to recruiting. So I really had to optimize on the really good candidates that I found and, you know, really go for the quality versus volume. So I was cold calling a bunch of candidates and I had my script and I was like ready and I call somebody and I'm like, hi, this is Shannon Ogborn from Google. Like, I would love to talk to you about software engineering opportunities at Google if you have a moment. And they were like, go yourself. Like, Google is evil. Google is the worst. Ooh. And I'm sitting there like, um, oh, okay. Um, I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, I will uh just mark you as you know do not contact like uh, you know whatever and I was like so uncomfortable I didn't know what to do and the person was just like going off on me and I was like okay yeah well you have a great day (laughs) and then I hung up and I personally am I'm a highly sensitive person so things like that can affect me you know a lot and I was like I was just kind of stunned and then I was like take a breath refocus 
next call. Like I just had to like jump right back in because I feel like the resiliency of recruiters is amazing because all day you have to deliver so much more bad news than good news. And you get so much more flack than you do appreciation. And so the resilience of recruiters is amazing, but I definitely had a lot of people in my time at Google that I would call and they like adamantly hated Google so much mm. um, that they were just like, get the hell out of here. Never speak to me again. Mm. So um, definitely interesting. Um, I was the only person on my team really that cold called. Uh, yeah. I And I understand why, because when you get that type of reaction, yeah, yeah, yeah. even once you're like, I never want to do that yeah, again. Yeah, Number one, I wish you were using Metagoo at that point, because I would love to sort of, you know, play that back and experience that with you. Um, cathartic, maybe. Um, yeah. so did you like, like, get any sense for why this person hated Google, especially? I'm just curious. No, it's kind well, I, I had previously gotten more context from people whose, you know, initial thoughts from the jump were not that strong um where they're like i have no interest in google ever and i would ask why and there was a lot of things you know at the time there was the women's walkouts and things like that and so people didn't especially because when i was working on women in tech more in particular i totally understood you know every article that came out made it that much harder you know, you're in the spotlight. It makes it that much harder to do your best recruiting when there's always there's always something at that size of company, that visibility. There's always articles. There's always things happening. There's and so you know, I could only speak to my experience at Google, but I totally always understood why people weren't interested because, you know, it's it's a risk to go into that situation with certain identities feeling like maybe this is not a place where you would be like supported and, and thrive. That wasn't my personal experience, but I worked with people who it was. And so I always respected that. But um, when someone tells you to go F yourself, um, you don't ask as many questions. I yeah, would say. Yeah, yeah. Could you tell me why you'd like me to go and do that, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why exactly is that? But I mean, it's all, I laugh about it now. It's all, it's all part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, uh, yeah. It's awesome to have the sort of, as you say, I think, I think resiliency is a great, great word for, for the industry. Maybe, maybe hopefully a word that becomes less synonymous or less yeah. required to the role, but uh, for sure right now. Um, it's resiliency, but it's resiliency is created like by the, I don't want to use the word trauma lightly, but like there is, it, it, it is really hard especially right now to be a recruiter like everyone you know like speaking of LinkedIn everyone's like talking you know so negatively about recruiters all the time and it honestly is really hard to see because one bad recruiting experience can make someone think so poorly of recruiters for the rest of their life and that is really unfortunate because there's so many good recruiters out there yeah yeah here here um Switching gears a little bit again, then, um, what is it that most gets you most excited about uh, your work? Maybe less so, I guess maybe a sort of community, but just generally about the recruiting industry. Like, what is it that gets you excited about being a, being a player in it? Yeah, I think that we are really on the precipice of recruiters getting their deserved seat at the table. 
every, things are already on the way up, right? People with recruiting backgrounds are transitioning to heads of people, VPs of people, CPOs, but that hasn't really historically been the case. It's more of been like an HR trajectory that goes into that. And so now we're seeing more recruiting backgrounds going into that. And so I'm super excited about the value that people with recruiting backgrounds can bring to companies at like these really high leadership levels. And just kind of personally, like serving the TA community is something that's very close and important to me. It's a community that has been overlooked with resources over time. And now like, you know, we have Ashby, we have MetaView, we have all these companies who are really investing in helping recruiting get their seat at the table and being a catalyst to get them there. Um, so I'm really excited about everything that's happening so that recruiters get really honestly the respect and appreciation that they deserve. Yeah. I actually think companies like Ashby, hopefully, hopefully Metaview as well, are actually a, a big part of that. Or at least yeah. a, maybe maybe if I give us us a little bit little mutually a little bit less credit, almost like an interesting symptom of that transition that you mentioned. Because I think yeah. um one of the things that's happening is obviously generally like tenures within organizations are going down massively. It used to be the case that people would stick around, you know, somewhere for decades. Yep. And de- if you think over the, like over the last sort of, you know, whatever, 50, hundred years. Um, so what that really means is recruiting becomes such a core function. Like, cause you're at the very, even if you're not hiring for growth, you're constantly having to replenish your, your, your talent. Um, and the second thing is a lot more. So or now that we obviously so much, so many businesses are predominantly online businesses, you're essentially competing globally as well. So it's yep. not a case of, hey, well, we're, you know, we've got the sort of uh, a monopoly of all the talent in and around this university. That just doesn't happen anymore because people can work. So so I think there's like structural reasons for why um, talent and recruiting, sorry, is becoming more important um, that are like, again, far bigger than us, to be honest. Um, 100%. I think there's also this part of it, which is as companies like ours start to provide insight and data that previously wasn't available, actually that will enable people within recruiting to essentially show up better show up with that data and start to sort of get that because they can actually point to things and prove that this has had this impact which in a world where you weren't able to do that you are forever just going to be relying on sort of persuasion and sort of charisma and these sorts of important attributes as a in business but not necessarily ways to um reliably claim that seat at the table i guess um so yeah i I think 100 yeah, I totally agree. And I think there's a few, few, yeah. few tailwinds that recruitment has on that front. Yeah. Um, cl- closing question. What are um, three qualities that you think make a, a top recruiter? I think I can guess one of them based on the conversation, but I'll leave it to you to, to <laughs> prove me right or wrong. Yes, I think empathy is a really good quality for a recruiter to have. I think that a lot of the best recruiters, not all of them, some great recruiters, that's not their jam and that's and they actually do really great but I think being able to have the empathy to take a screen in versus screen out approach is a really critical piece to being a top recruiter the second thing is real quick Shannon screen in versus screen out yeah so screen in is like what how what does this person have that can I can say yes to instead of being like no 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 They don't have this one thing, so they're out. Instead saying, well, they do have these two things that I think could fill the gaps in our organization. And so I'm going to screen them in and put them through the process. Now that does have, you know, can potentially have an impact on pass-through rates, but it does create more representative pipeline. It does 
you know, create um, an organization that's less homogenous in terms of backgrounds, um, like at different types of companies. So that's the approach that I always took. And honestly, it was incredibly successful for me. Um, And we have a a phrase, uh, which I think is aligned higher for strength, not lack of a weakness. So Mm -hmm. it's an idea where like, actually, if this person has one or two things that make them really exceptional, they may have a sort of a few sort of check marks against their name on some of the things you're looking for, but actually you, you know, maybe you had your list wrong, basically. Um, well, a lot of hiring managers want to carbon copy people that they already have on the team, but that yeah. is not helpful because it doesn't fill the gaps in, in your, in your structure and your team. It just adds to the same skill set and the same backgrounds that the rest of your team has. So it's actually better to screen people in that maybe don't have the exact background. Um, so I feel very passionately about that. Um, also the strategic aspect of being a trusted advisor, getting your seat at the table, even as an IC, positioning yourself as the expert. It's a lot easier said than done, but the most successful recruiters are able to have the strategic component where they are the trusted advisor with their internal clients, their external clients, you know, whatever style of um, recruiting they're doing. And then the last piece is something that you had mentioned um, is this data orientation. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not talking about knowing how to pull data or code to get data. Obviously, tools like Ashby make it significantly easier for individuals to get that data without having to do the coding or go to your business analyst and things like that. But it's knowing how to leverage data for the best outcomes, being able to look at something and strategically say, I see X person is doing really well in this area. How do we capitalize on that for our whole team? I see that this is the bottleneck. How do we remove it? So the data tells you where the problems are. And then you as a recruiter, recruiting manager, recruiting leader have to really dig in and say, what's the why? Because the data is not always going to tell you the why. And so having that data oriented mind is really an asset to making you a top recruiter. Yeah. I, um, yeah, to- totally, totally uh, vibe with you on that. It's quite, it's quite cool actually so far. We've had uh, obviously some recurring thing. I think empathy is probably the most common um, trait that when we've done this series so far that people have mentioned, but uh, other than that, there's actually quite a lot of diversity of what different people are, are looking for. So it's, it's uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But um, you know, what's so funny about the empathy piece is that I have sat when I was at Google, you know, we're in person, we're sitting amongst everyone and I'm like, you know, very like, I'm a highly sensitive person. I'm on the more empathetic, definitely on the more empathetic side of, of recruiting, but I had recruiting colleagues who were incredible in terms of their output, who were just like, call, call, call Mm. 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And like, I would spend like 30 minutes on these calls and they're like, who has the time? You know, I'm like Mm. 10 to 15 minutes max and, and we're out and we're done. And honestly, they still had good MPSs because the candidates felt like they were approaching it in a way that was going to get them a job. And so, you know, everyone has their own style, but I think the most important thing is you and you, you exude a style that is authentic to you because if it's not, then, then candidates can tell and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you are sort of obviously the, the most, the richest representation of the company that the candidate has at that point. So that authenticity (laughs) is, is key. Um, yeah. Nice. Shannon, uh, awesome chat. We could definitely go on. Uh, in fact, we have gone over. So I've, uh, that's bad, bad, bad form by me because uh, I sort of try and be super deliberate about we keep this maximum 20 minutes. But uh, but anyway, it's because you were saying such uh, interesting stuff. Been a blast to learn from your your perspectives. Um, so thanks again so much for, for joining us. Um, uh, 
And yeah, to folks listening, um, uh, uh, whether it's sort of live or later on in your in your feed, um, uh, do join us next time. So follow MetaView's uh, profile, uh, follow MetaView's page on LinkedIn, and that'll keep you up to date with with the next chat, uh, which we'll be having uh, next week. Uh, in the cool. meantime, folks, thanks again, Shannon, and uh, let's hire on. Yeah, and anyone can feel free to follow me, reach out to me if if they if they want to connect. They should definitely do that too. And also, oh, I should say you've got a you've got a really awesome podcast as well. Do you want to sort of talk a little about that real quick? Oh yes. Yeah. So I um, am the host of our offer accepted podcast by Ashby. We interview uh, tech, um, mostly tech uh, recruiting leaders, but we also have other industries uh, represented as well. Um, and our goal is to help bring you valuable content that is tactical, like you could listen today and then tomorrow say, okay, this is something that I could implement in my company. Um, so yeah, I would love if you all would take a listen. We just released an episode last week and we release every other week. So looking forward to hearing your all's thoughts on that. Yes. Nice. Yes. Strongly recommend that folks. So so do check it out. Uh, thanks again, Shannon. Of Let's course. Bye. Thank you.